The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. My name is Angela Kinsey, and I played Angela Merton. Hello, my dear friends and listeners. It's good to have you back. And TGIF, as they say. That's right, folks. I am coming to you with a very special bonus episode of The Office Deep Dive. I am your host, Brian Baumgartner. Today, Friday, I am so happy to bring you the second half of my conversation with Angela Kinsey. Now, if you haven't listened to the first part, go back and check that out. It is delightful. But I wanted to save this part until now for two reasons. The first is that today is Angela's birthday, or as Dwight would say, it is your birthday. Uh, happy birthday, Angela. Uh, this, is my, this is my homage to you on your very special day. And the second reason is that today, Angela and I are really getting into the camera's role 
on the show and her relationship to it as an actor. So I wanted to save this part for our camera as character mini deep dive. Uh, we also talk about Angela's love life, <laughs> the character Angela, uh, and the time I almost literally broke her on set and lots of other fond memories. So pull up a chair or strap on your seatbelt tighter, however you're listening to this, or run on your Peloton faster. Enjoy Angela Kenzie. Bubble and squeak, I love it. Bubble and squeak, I know. Bubble and squeak, I cook it every morning Left over from the night before In terms of, of the shooting of the show, the thing that I'm the most um, proud of is the artistic integrity that came with having the camera be a character. Mm -hmm. Do you have any specific moments that you remember about uh, interacting with the camera or, or having uh, the camera as a character? Well, I have years of a clandestine relationship. You know, so that was always something we had to consider when Dwight and I had scenes is like, are we camera aware? Do we know that the camera's picking this up? Our secret rendezvous and our characters look around for the camera. And there's times when we see that we've been caught and then we react to being caught. So the, the camera truly was a character. That crew member was there and we were trying to hide from that crew member and not be exposed. So that that was always a really fun um, fun thing to play off of. And then I loved at the end that we then get to see the footage and we all crowd around Oscar's desk and the revelations that come from that. Um, so I, I love that that got to pay off. Right. And so when Angela and Dwight were going off on their trysts, you were always camera aware. You were always aware of where the camera was. Did you ever forget? Oh, we did. I mean, we would get caught in the throes of passion and forget. But there was always a moment where we looked around before we spoke or did something. There was always some moment where we were checking in, like, in the warehouse. Did we get away? Kind of look around. And sometimes we never saw the camera. They truly were hidden and a spy shot. And then there were times where one of us would find it, usually me, and then I would walk off in a huff. That's such an interesting – there's something so interesting to me about the camera being a character and thinking about Dwight and Angela that that they were really trying to figure you guys out. Yeah. Like if you think about it like reality TV, there was some segment producer that's like, get on that. <laughs> They're meeting in the warehouse. Find them. <laughs> Right. We want that. <laughs> what, um, how did your relationship, how did it change Angela? Well, I think for me, it just opened her up because, you know, there's a lot of people that I guess in the beginning could sort of see her as one note, like, oh, she's just the office bitch. Well, guess what? The office bitch can be a bitch in love. <laughs> Like there's, there's a, there's, you know, sneaky bitch, there's superstitious bitch, there's uppity bitch, there's madly in love bitch. Like there's layers to her grumpiness. And, um, she just is someone I think who's very fear-based and I think her falling in love with Dwight and having to step out of her comfort zone and trust someone and let someone in, it made her just more three-dimensional to me. Right. When Angela and Dwight 
started together, were you aware of what it was going to turn into? No, no, absolutely not. And I mean, I've talked about this quite a bit that we would find out things at the table read. So we're at the table read and it's the episode where Jim has a barbecue and all of a sudden there's two Birkenstocks rubbing back and forth in the dollhouse outside. Rain and I were like, what? And um, Greg had told me that in the writer's room, um, they like to try to pitch like different people, different characters within the show that might bring out an interesting other side to the other person. And so they would like sort of brainstorm names on, you know, postcards and and they love the idea of Dwight and Angela and that that kind of couple seeking power, you know. Um and it, it, they make sense. Right. It was ridiculous. I mean, having a you know, a contract mm-hmm. to have a baby mm-hmm. and your rules and his rules and your needs and his requirements juxtaposed with Pam and Jim and their sort of sweet normal well (laughs) somewhat normal normal courtship or unrequited yeah um I thought brought great comedy but also it's a testament to you and your work and rain that people bought into it and and believed it as ridiculous as it was well, I think in their own way, their their story isn't much different than Jim and Pam. It's two people that love each other and are both a little too scared to let the other person know how much they love each other and find ways to throw up all these roadblocks, roadblocks, until they finally just step out into that scary place and say, all right, I'm in it to win it. This is me. You got me, right? And But they have their, you know, Jim and Pam, maybe maybe hers is flirting with him a little bit, and then he picks her up and... Her shirt comes up and you can see her belly and she gets embarrassed and then she doesn't talk to him the rest of the day. Maybe that's what's happening there. For us, it's like, well, I, you know, I will, here is my like card that we hole punched whenever we had sex. <laughs> like, what was it called? Like a Fre- frequent, uh, like it was a intercourse, like punch card. punch card. I mean, we had our own weird things of just stalling what was ultimately what we both wanted. And. How much uh, communication did you have with the writers about that story? It really was the writers. It was. They would come up with these ideas. And um, I really didn't go to them very many times in the course of the show with anything that bumped me. Now, I would have pitches for them. You know, Jenna and I pitched to Greg one day on set about these ridiculous kind of workshops we'd have to do. We both worked in corporate America. And there were these things like a women in the workplace kind of seminar. And we were telling him about it. And he was like, hold up, hold up, BJ, come here, write this down. And he made BJ get a notepad. And that one little nugget, of course, BJ took it and ran with it, became, I think the episode's called Boys and Girls. Is that what it's called? Oh, now I'm looking. Yes, Boys and Girls is the 15th episode of the second season. So that was Jenna and I pitching that, you know, our women in the workplace stuff. Interesting. Um, so Dwight and Angela are together. Mm-hmm. What was it like bringing Andy, played by Ed Helms, into that? Well, Did that just seem doomed from the start? Yes. I mean, you know, it was revenge dating. I always felt bad for Andy. I felt bad for Andy from day one. Andy so desperately just wanted someone. He would take anyone, <laughs> you know? And I just, uh, I, I just always felt really badly for him. And again, it was that thing like Jim and Pam where they had to have these foils, you know, to sort of keep them apart. You know, Dwight and I, I mean, Dwight did put my cat in the freezer, which was really sucky. 
and then she dates Andy, and then he dates, and then, you know, so we had all of these sort of foil relationships. Right. But Ed Helms, as a person, was so fun. He was so fun to work with. That was nice to throw that in there at the end. <laughs> you were like, I well, felt really bad. Well, I felt, my, my character, I felt bad for Andy, but it was really, you were saying, how was that having Ed around? Ed is delightful, and his trailer was next to mine. He'd play the banjo, and I'd go over and hang out, and he was so fun. There's a behind-the-scenes story for you folks. <laughs> Ed playing the banjo. Um, so our obviously our things were happening in our personal lives and we were well, you got pregnant. Yeah. During the writer's strike, right? Yeah. And you came back and you were really pregnant. How was that to well, deal it was, with it was, set? it was a little tricky because I was very early pregnant, right as the strike started, right as we all went on this kind of odd hiatus mid-season. But my, you couldn't tell in my body. I didn't really start showing for a bit. And then we came back, uh, was it three months later? Was it? hundred and something days, yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I was completely showing. I was having a baby. And so I remember us sitting around being like, okay, how do we hide this? How do we hide it? Because it, it wouldn't have made sense for my character to all of a sudden be pregnant. It maybe would have been different had the series had its full run that year. Um so we had to hide it. There was no other way. And I had the one of the most hilarious conversations with Paul Feig, who was directing an episode where Phyllis walks in on um, Dwight and Angela making out in the office. And I was, oh, seven and a half months pregnant. And they were trying to have Rain hide my belly with his body as we're like making out. And, and we're supposed to be in like stages of mid undress, you know, like Rain has his shirt off. So they were like, at first they were like, well, what if Angela got on her fours or I stood here? Or what if we put her here? And it was like, where do you put the giant pregnant belly? <laughs> what do we do that doesn't also look really inappropriate <laughs> instead of mildly inappropriate? <laughs> I did not know that story. Yeah. Wow. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin. Zen nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Ready to start your new journey? Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge. Enjoy Zen nicotine pouches for 10 days and discover a fresher way to experience nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Here's how to get started with the Zen 10 Challenge. Simply pick your strength and varieties online and check out. Once your Zen nicotine pouches arrive in the mail, enjoy pure nicotine satisfaction at your leisure. After your 10-day trial, let us know what you think. If Zen isn't for you, no hard feelings. It's that simple. Order online at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com to start your new journey today with the Zen 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. 
if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. So the show also sort of rode this wave of technology, mm-hmm. social media. Talk to me about your, you were on MySpace. Well, Jenna got on MySpace, then got a few of us on it. And we did these MySpace blogs. We were just convinced probably for two and a half years that we were going to get canceled. So any way we could try to connect and get the get the word out about the show. So we would do these behind the scenes blogs and stuff. I actually printed out all of them. I have all of mine. <laughs> and you do. I do. And um it is really funny. You you really see just your journey even as just a young person. Wow. Yeah. And some of it is like embarrassing like the stuff that I'm like, "Oh my god, here was the thing. <laughs> we had a chocolate fountain." <laughs> You're like, "Okay, lady, relax." <laughs> <laughs> well, you were involved with that. The show, you know, what we talked about before iTunes mm-hmm. becoming big. And then we were the first show that did original content for the internet. NBC.com. We did webisodes. Of course, no one knew what the hell a webisode was. We didn't either. They were going to be little vignettes that would live on the internet. And we won an Emmy for one. The accountants. The accountants. And a cameo by Rain as Dwight. A cameo by Rain. But he didn't win an Emmy. No. He didn't. No. He didn't. No. I know. Neither did Jenna. By I the know. Way. Jenna, so when Do you that- let her touch yours? <laughs> yeah, Jenna, you can touch mine. Uh that's what she said. Um, so this is something that, you know, I don't know that everybody knows, but when the show won an Emmy for Best Comedy Ensemble, you would think as the comedy ensemble, we would all get an Emmy. But we were not producer credit and only the producers get an Emmy. And I think that is a bunch of BS. So um, Television Academy, (laughs) I think everyone should get an Emmy. That's what I think. But then as the webisode series, we were nominated, Brian and Oscar and I, for a daytime Emmy and we got it. 
So Jenna does not have an Emmy because the year we won, she was not a producer. Years later, some folks got producer credit, but we did not win again. So, Right. I told Jenna our idea that there should be the accountant spinoff. <laughs> and she was like, yes, why isn't that happening? So Bonnie Hammer at NBC.com, if you'd like to see the accountant spinoff. You know, if we're if we're available, we'll make it happen. <laughs> what what do you remember some of your favorite moments? I just wanted to see what the booth's reaction the to that was. <laughs> yeah. Um my, some of my favorite moments from the yeah. corner, Brian, every week. Every week there was a favorite moment. Every week. One of my favorite things that Oscar would do is whenever I had lines that I had to say really seriously, because Angela was always very serious. In the background, he would be pretending to add on his adding machine, but he'd only use his knuckles like a caveman, like clunky, clunky, clunk. <laughs> but he did that to try to mess with me. And then you and I, there were times that there was a scene happening. I could not make eye contact with you because if I did, we'd both go. Yeah. I love in the healthcare episode that you full on see us break. And you do this thing, Brian, that when someone breaks, it's, it's like to deflect from you. You call him out. And so... So Rain comes out and says hot dog fingers, and I start laughing. I double, I kind of double over and start laughing. I fully break character, and you laugh, but you point at me like she did it, <laughs> and it's in the episode. They left it in. <laughs> so every week was great. Yeah. What do you think made our little group of the accountants in the corner so special? I think the dynamic. I mean, I just always felt like Oscar and I were your parents, and you were our idiot son who still lived at home. I mean, I just, the three of us were just so in sync from the very beginning. Yeah. I I view it, the three of us there, as sort of this perfect comedy triangle, mm -hmm. right? You've got the stern one mm -hmm. who's got to be in control. You've got the slower one who <laughs> kind of likes to get under the skin of the one who likes to be in control. Yeah. And then you have the put-upon one, Oscar, and you have this, but he has to also be the referee. Totally, he's the referee in between you and I. But also, then the alliances keep shifting. It's Kevin and Oscar against Angela whenever they want to play. It's Angela and Oscar against Kevin whenever they actually have to get things done. <laughs> you know, is it ever Angela and Kevin? No, I don't think so. No, I don't. I don't think so. Well, actually, one of my favorite pictures that I have is a picture. It's a selfie that we took in a car when we were filming the episode at your house with the creepy portrait of Angela. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah, with the senator. With Robert. Yes, because he's mean to you. Oh, that's right. And oh, and you Kevin, come up, you stand up for me. And Kevin stands up Aww. for you. Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah, you know what? It's Kevin and Angela versus Oscar when Angela finds out Oscar is <laughs> sleeping with her husband. Yes, but right? Kevin knew. But Kevin knew. <laughs> Kevin knew. Kevin knew. And but he was more just happy that he kept the secret. Yeah, he was so proud of himself. Well, one of my favorite running bits that we had, and I know you know this, was that we would say, first of all, whenever we had the smallest scene, you would think it was going to like we were going to get an Oscar or something like th that's how serious we took it. And there were times I would turn to you guys and I'd be like, guys, it's not our show. It's not our show. Today is not about us. <laughs> it's not right. our show. But one of my favorite things is Oscar said, well, maybe we'll have a spinoff on Telemundo and it will be Oscar and Hela. E. <laughs> <laughs> that 
Oh, gosh. I think that no one thought that we were funnier than we did. You there mean was, over in accounting? Yeah. Well, just all of us over there, I just referred to, um, I would injure you a lot. Okay. I, I have to say one thing about that. Creed just came on Jenna and I's podcast. Okay. Office ladies. And um, we were talking about Halloween. And then he referenced another another episode. And he goes, and that's when Brian, like, uh, like body checked you, Angela, and you went flying. He was like, oh, he was always doing that. That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Creed thought it was funny, though. That's good. I don't I know. Just, it cracked me up. I always just had the idea that Kevin was not aware of the size of his body. Yeah. And so it, he wouldn't think that he would, you know, potentially injure a smaller person walking by. Or anyone. Because it, it would make me laugh so hard just nudging you and having you go flying one time into the I think I hurt you that one time. Into, into the, the bushes? Into the bushes. When, when there was an actual physical imprint of my body in the bushes yeah. when I got peeled out. That was that wasn't a good moment. My my and then there was one time you you checked me into the blinds in the conference room that I didn't think John was going to be able to recover from. But my personal favorite was one of the first times it happened. It was purely by accident. And you had to walk around behind me. They gave you the action at the top of the scene in accounting. You were to walk behind me to the file cabinets behind me. And I'm standing at my desk. And I had a line where I had to say, Oscar, did you do the payroll? And when Brian walked by, by accident, you bumped into me. And I... <laughs> you you bumped into me and I went flying and I said, Oscar, but I was mid-sentence. So I said, Oscar, did you do the pay? And I did as you hit me. I went up on payroll like like that. And you could not, you oh, I could not get back from that. You started no. laughing so hard. Oh God. And that was the beginning of that. That was the beginning. No, that was the beginning. Yes. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Not only did Zen create the first ever nicotine pouch, we're still America's number one choice for smoke-free, spit-free nicotine satisfaction. It could be because Zen is made with only six simple ingredients, including naturally derived nicotine salt. Or maybe it's because Zinn is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day trial. For anyone worried Zinn won't cut it like traditional tobacco, just ask one of the millions of people who have achieved lasting change. You have lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zinn. Find your Zinn online or in a store near you at zinn.com find. That's zyn.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Um, who's your favorite guest star we ever had? Oh gosh, we had so many good ones. I mean, I have favorites for different reasons. Do you know what I mean? Like Idris Elba, he was just like so cool. I was like, maybe if I hang out with him, I'll be cool. <laughs> um, and then, um, I loved, oh wait, are you good, bud? You like, you threw, yeah, yeah. Brian laughed and threw his head back and his, head back and his and headphones my, came flying off. Yeah, my off. head fans went flying off. That was funny. All right. Um, did you say head fans? Head fans. <laughs> That's what I call it. Welcome to the podcast world. Shut it. That's Brian's favorite thing, by the way. When I would give him a hard time, he'd go, shut it. Um, Okay, so I loved Idris because he just was cool. I mean, I talked to Kathy Bates about RVs and traveling around America in an RV, and I'm like, you are really cool. Um, James Spader, though, one of my all-time favorites because like Creed, he just would say things and he'd be like, is that a real thing? He's lived a life. He has lived a life. Yeah. And and I'll never forget, we had hair and makeup side by side. Like we'd get touch-ups at lunch side by side. So I'd be sitting in a chair next to him. And I was talking to Kenneth Paul, who did my makeup, about the fact that my daughter liked to sleep in bed with me and that I felt bad. And, you know, I knew she was getting older. She was like four years old. And I, I knew I shouldn't let her crawl into bed and sleep with me in the night, but she's so snuggly and... And I just thought I was talking to Kenneth Paul because when James Spader would come in to get his makeup done, it looked like he went into a trance, like asleep, like some meditative trance. He looked asleep and he sat up because at this time in my life, I was a single mom. He sat up and he looked at me and he goes, Angela, get that baby out of your bed if you ever want a man in there. (laughs) I was like, what? 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 You're alive and you're talking. And I was like, all right, James, I guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? So James, James being there now, what, um, when did you find out Steve was leaving and how did you feel? Did you feel the show could keep going? I mean, I can't remember the exact moment. I kind of feel like I was with everybody somewhere. Right. Maybe they announced it at a table read. I know there were some people who were privy before some of the rest of us, but I kind of feel like Steve talked to us on set one day 
and gave us the heads up before the announcement because he's just a class act like that. And I just remember thinking, well, God, I, I felt like we had such a deep bench, you know? Brian, that's a basketball term. I don't know if you know basketball. Yeah, I got it. Well, in a basketball game, you have your starters, but you want a really solid second string, right? right. So you want a deep bench, they call it, because in basketball, you all sit on a bench. Got it. Now, I felt like, you're welcome, Brian. <laughs> Thank you for explaining that to me. Brian, who should, by the way, have a spinoff where he just has famous athletes come in here and talk to him because the guy knows everybody. I'll never, this is like me getting off topic, but we were at like a fancy kind of restaurant bar place and Brian was like, my friend's going to meet us here, Aaron. I was like, okay, great. I meet Aaron. I'm like, Aaron, what do you do? How are things? And he's like, good. I'm a, I play football. I was like, oh, that's fun. Like, uh, what team are you playing on? He was like, I play for Green Bay. And I was like, oh, that is so cool. Well, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> and then I tell my boyfriend, I'm like, so I met this guy, Aaron. He's a quarterback for like, I don't know, something with a bay, like a Seattle, maybe. And he's like, what? Did you meet Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> anyway, I digress. Brian needs to have also famous athlete show. So make that happen. But yeah, I just remember thinking we had a deep bench and I thought that I was really hopeful that we could continue. I, I was scared and I was sad. I was sad and I was scared because I felt like Steve was such our anchor, but I never doubted what the rest of us could do. And I was also excited. It was kind of a complex range of emotions because I was excited to see how it would blow out the world and what other sort of cool things might come from it and the ways we might see other characters take on new responsibility. Absolutely. I've, I feel like it was more emotional for me when he left than when the end of the show happened. Oh, I don't know why. Well, he was like our, you know, sort of the father figure of our show. And it was really hard to imagine walking on set without him. I actually went back and I found an email that I wrote him um, a few days into our first episode back without him. And I was like, dear Steve, like in the email, I'm like, it was really weird to walk on set today and not see you. I miss our talks about our weekend because he would walk over and talk to us about his weekend to Jen and I about what he got at Target, you know? And I was like, I just really miss you. And I sent him a picture and, and we email like that from time to time. Um, but yeah, I, I just remember really missing him, his presence. He's also just brilliant. He's brilliant. We all got the best ever comedy, like on-site on training from just being in scenes with him and watching him. Because not only can he just make a character just be hilarious, but then in a second he can flip it and rip your heart out. Mm -hmm. For the finale, our finale, the finale of the show, how were you leading into that, the end? I was emotional. I was emotional. I I had um, heard that Greg really wanted Steve to make a cameo in the finale. And Steve was like, well, I just feel like my character is wrapped up. Like, why would Michael come back? And Greg was like, is there a scenario where Michael would come back to Dunder Mifflin? And Steve said, well, if Dwight and Angela got married, Michael would come to their wedding. But they, Greg really, really, really didn't want the press to find out. And things have a way of leaking. There's a lot of people that come, and come like back and forth on a set, and he really wanted it locked up. Just for the fans, he wanted that surprise. Yeah. We've talked about this before, um, but what do you think about the idea of a reunion show? Well, 
obviously, you don't ever want to mess with what is such a beautiful thing, right? Those seasons are beautiful and they mean a lot to people. And you you would never want to open them back up and not do them justice. Um, but when I think of like a reunion movie, or like one one moment, one glimpse to see where these people are, I think part of the reason why I love the idea is because I miss these characters. Not only do I miss my friends and to be in one room with all of them, like the the brunch that Greg hosted at his house and a bunch of us were able to attend. Phyllis walked in the door, and when I saw her, I burst into tears. I hadn't been in the same room with Phyllis in a long time just because of life. We stay in touch, you know, but it's different getting to all sit around a table together. And so I kind of get emotional when I think about it because, you know, life is short. And I just think I'd love to know where these characters are. And I'd love to sit around a table with those people I love again. Why do you think the show has become more popular now? than it was when it aired. What is it, what is it that, that attracts people to it? Well, Brian, we get asked this a lot, right? I mean, mm. we both sort of have our things, our theories on it. But, um, you know, undeniably, it's the way that we consume media, the fact that it can just be on anytime you want. You don't have to wait for Thursday night at 8 o'clock. It's always there. It's always available. But I also think on the other layer is it is comfort. It is comfort. You turn it on and you know where everyone's going to be. You know where Pam is at reception. You know accounting. Those people become like your extended family. And you're just sort of checking in with them. And I have people tell me all the time, as I know you do as well, that say that they put it on at the end of a long day or a bad day or maybe something they're anxious about. They put it on and it's just comfort. Yeah. What are you the most proud of? I guess it's legacy. I'm so proud of the show, and I'm, I'm so proud that it keeps finding an audience because we all thought it had the staying power, but to see that affirmed in millions of people that still watch it, I'm really proud of that. We made something that will last. Right. It's crazy to me the attachment that 11, 12-year-old, 13-year-old you know, high school kids have to that show now. What is it? Is it the characters? The relationships. The it's relationship. also funny. It's also really, really freaking funny. Like I was watching it and like I'm like, it's funny. And there's stuff out there that ain't so funny. And it's funny. Right. I mean, you know, my daughter is 11 and she'd never seen the show. She grew up on the set. She was born season five. She was there every day. I mean, you know, I had a little kind of baby nursery trailer next right there. But um, you know, it's interesting. She came back to school this year. She's in fifth grade. And she said, Mom, everyone in my class watched The Office over the summer. Everyone. I see a kid with a Dunder Mifflin shirt. These are kids I've known since kindergarten. And now they're like seeing me and they're like, hey. I'm like, what are you talking about? You've been over my house so many times. I make you snacks. But she was like, can I watch it now? I was like, okay. All right, fine. I think there's some content that might not be appropriate, but we'll muscle through it together. But um, and she's into it, and my my stepsons are into it. They're eleven and nine. They love it. My son Jack, who's eleven, loves it so much that he's now he's watching it, and now he listens to the podcast. He'll listen to this one too. So like he's he loves it. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable, and they I feel like they kind of see me in a different way now. 
like my own kids. They're like, oh, wow, you did that? I'm like, yes. What do you guys think I do when I leave here? You did something? <laughs> yeah, mom. <laughs> you did something other than like get me some goldfish and some pretzels? Wow. Uh, um. All right. So you're doing a podcast now, Office Ladies. Tell me about it. Um. Yes, Brian. I am doing a podcast called Office Ladies. It is with my BFF, Jenna Fisher. You know, she and I became best friends on set. And I talk, we talk every single day. And we have for years. I mean, Rain used to say, he would turn to us and say, what more could you have to say to each other? But she's just my best friend. I feel like I don't even know how to like really relate to life until I bounce it off of her. And um, my husband is not a big talker. So he's like, I'm like, oh, I probably should you know, talk to Jen about it. He's like, yes, do, please. Because he thinks I- Literally? I feel, yeah. He's like, filter it through. And then he goes, I get the condensed version where you're like more rational and you bounced it through your BFF filter. Um, but Jenna and I were trying to like think about, well, what could we do together? And one of the big things for us is that we wanted to work in LA. Well, it's really hard to get an acting job in Los Angeles these days, folks. Most of them are filmed in Vancouver or Atlanta. And we didn't want to be away from our families. And I love being the architect of my own time. And I've never really been able to do that. And and we get to hang out and talk about one of our, the favorite chapter of our life. So it's just a rewatch and it's it's our love for the show. It's just it's just a little bit of everything. Awesome. Um, all right. Can you do one last thing for me? Just so we can identify you. Um, for people listening, can you say your name and your role on The Office? My name is Angela Kinsey, and I played Angela Martin. Should I say Angela Martin Schrute? <laughs> I don't think so. Do you know why? Can I tell you? I, I always say Angela Martin, and I've had people write in that say, why don't you say Angela Martin Schrute? So I was like, uh, okay, fine. So then one time well, I— Wouldn't you just be Angela Schrute? Yeah. So then one time I wrote and I said, okay, fine. I guess I'm Angela Schrute. And then I had someone write to me and say, thanks for ruining the series. I'm like, buddy, what is the statute here? Six years is I not mean, a spoiler I alert. Mean, boy, yeah, at what point? So now I just say Angela Martin. Dude, thank you. You're welcome. Did I do okay? You are so great. I told you she was great. I mean, I told her that she was great. Now I'm telling you, so both you and her know that she is great. All right, that's it. Huge thanks to Angela for sitting down with me. Uh, huge thanks to you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. If you didn't, let's blame Angela. All right, just write to her about it. Complain away. I will not take any blame for Angela. It's a policy I have strictly enforced. So blame her. Have a great week, everybody. I will see you next time for even more Office Deep Dive. The Office Deep Dive is hosted and executive produced by me, Brian Baumgartner, alongside our executive producer, Lang Lee. Our senior producer is Tessa Kramer. Our associate producer is Emily Carr, and our assistant editor is Diego Tapia. My main man in the booth is Alec Moore. Our theme song, Bubble and Squeak, performed by my great friend Cree Bratton, and the episode was mixed by Seth Olansky.
maybe there were a few more who were in. I think I just think, Roy and you and 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 Leslie David Baker. You know, like, <laughs> not Stanley. Stanley. Yeah. But it's weird to say you. And then, right. You know, right. 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 Because you are not Kevin. Right. Whereas it's funny. You're exactly like your character in the show. <laughs> so that's a thing that Brian loves to do that. You guys He <laughs> love that bit. <laughs> the journey to a smoke free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.